the Free Speaking Podcast with your hosts, Jerry Mintz and Joseph Nardone. Welcome back to the Relatively Speaking Podcast. We are recording a special afternoon edition. It's also a special Halloween edition of the Relatively Speaking Podcast as we are recording on Monday, October 31st. I am your co-host, Jared Mintz, and joining me today and every other day, whether it's spooky or not, is Joseph Nardone, who tends to be spooky. Joe, how's your Halloween going so far? Pretty good. Went to the youngest daughter school today for a parade. Um, many a superhero and many a dinosaur, oddly enough. And Dinosaurs are back. That must make you excited. Yeah, it is. It really does. Like, ton, there's a, like There was probably 40 kids in the parade. I'd say there was like six or seven dinosaurs. Wow. Um, I wish they learned how to wipe their nose. A lot of kids have boogers coming out of it. That'll happen. Yeah. What was the What was the best and the worst costume you saw? Popeye. And if you f- Popeye was the best. Some kid was Popeye. It was tremendous. The worst. I mean, it wasn't the worst, but there was like nine Iron Mans, and they didn't even look like Iron Man. They looked like the action figure for Iron Man. The. Uh, that's weak. So they didn't have Robert Downey Jr. goatees and mustaches, is what you're saying? Well, no, they were wearing the Iron Man garb, but it looked like real bad. Like they, all, it was all they all had the exact same costume too. Like it wasn't like different variations of Iron Man. It was like, hey, they almost went to the same store to buy this Iron Man costume. Get your stuff together. See, that's interesting. Yeah, you have four-year-olds. All, all these people dressing up as superheroes. Meanwhile, this morning I tweet. It would be real original if someone dressed up like a cat for Halloween or a superhero. And you know who I find in my mentions giving me a hard time about being mean on Halloween? One Joseph Nardone. That's because my oldest daughter's going to be a cat. Oh, I'm, so I touched on both sides, but it was the negative side that really bothered you. I apologize. Yeah. It's all okay. right. You're for, Speak- Giovanna forgives you. I, that means a lot to me. Speaking of bad tweets, Joe, hit the music. Go ahead, Mario. Cry MJ memes with the side of some racism. Many hot takes. Some of them. Bad tweets. Alright, I'm leading us off with bad tweets today, and this is actually a bad tweet on my behalf. Not like I made this bad tweet, but it's it's not the best bad tweet to share because it's kind of an image, and the image is really like the, the bulk of the, the bad tweet. But anyway... This tweet was from McNeil at reflog underscore 18. You probably saw this tweet because it's gotten like 5,000 retweets. Anyway, parents, please check your children's candy this Halloween. I just found two Browns tickets in my kid's bag. Exclamation, exclamation, straight face emoji, blowing steam out of your nose emoji, and another weird smiley emoji. (laughs) So anyway, it's a picture of a Halloween bag on a wooden table with the content spilled out, and it's a you got a bag of Whoppers and a Heath bar, which is awesome. You know, like seven or eight, maybe nine pieces of candy and two Browns tickets. Anyway, the Browns tickets are from Game Seven of the Brown season, which was last week. So, like, it's not even like you gave out like good Browns tickets that could be used. It's essentially like putting two pieces of garbage in somebody's Halloween bag. But this is Reflog 18's way of making fun of the Browns. Ha 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 ha! Reflog 18, good one. Man, you're really mad that the, the joke that that guy made didn't have timely tickets in there. It's just stupid. It's the same as putting garbage in a bag and saying, you gave me garbage. No, it would be awesome if somebody got NFL tickets. But they're not NFL tickets. They're used NFL tickets. It's just like, I just thought it was like the worst way of trying to be creative and trying to be funny and trying to be original. Was it the worst way, though? Because you said he got a ton of retweets. 
Yeah, because people on Twitter stink and they think everything's funny that's not funny. I just, like, uh, I don't know. It really bothered me. This tweet really bothered me. I, I am clearly the problem here that I allowed myself to be this bothered by old Browns tickets being jokingly put in the Halloween bag. I mean, like, this dude thinks he's so funny. I'm going to put my used Browns tickets. I probably went to the game and had a great time, but I'm going to try to make fun of the Browns anyway. Get a life. Get a life reflog 18. Whoa, man. Yeah. Dude, it's Halloween. Halloween's fun. Are you kidding me? If I'm a kid and I get football tickets in my Halloween bag, I'm going to be pumped. I don't care if it's the Browns or the Jets or another terrible team. It's cool. But it's not cool because it's the Browns. Anyway, I digress. Man, I don't think you've ever been this passionate about any topic we've ever discussed. What do you think about this tweet, Joe? I think it's kind of benign. And I wasn't... Until you just mentioned that the, the tickets were a week old, didn't even cross my mind. I was busy trying to figure out what candies were on the table. <laughs> it, it's a decent candy I bag. I didn't see too. any Whoppers. I saw the Hershey's and the Klondike bar. I didn't see any Whoppers. Klondike bar? There is no Klondike bar. That is ice cream, my friend. The Whoppers are to the right. So we're giving Reflog way too much attention here. People are probably going to go follow him oh, now. Oh, I see the Whoppers now. Yeah, so you got Whoppers, you got a Crunch Bar. Oh, that's a York Peppermint Patty. Yeah, you got a York Peppermint Patty, a Klondike Bar, this guy. A singular Starburst. (laughs) One yellow Starburst. I mean, got some kind of like ghoul-looking lollipop at the bottom. It's a cool bag of candy, and if there are Browns tickets inside, that's awesome. I mean, Well, I'll be honest. Like If my kids come home and there's like some crappy tune tickets in there, and as long as they're usable, I'd be kind of pumped. Right. Right. Anyway, I, I just... I didn't think it was funny, and I knew it was going to be the type of tweet that gets so many retweets because it's hardy horror, bad sports team, the tickets are garbage, hardy horror. Give me a break. Just give me a break. (laughs) All right, let's move on to my bad tweet. All right, back to sports. We're going to sports now, guys. So from at Angelo Catati, I can't pronounce his last name. He's actually a broadcaster. Um, First Sixers game for my grandsons. They asked why the Sixers were playing so badly. I said, blame Sam Hinkie. Okay, so all the neat stuff we get to watch with the Sixers, who aren't going to be very good, but they're actually fun to watch, is because of Sam Hinkie. All of it. Yeah, all of it. Everything you see, except for like Sergio. Right, except Sergio Rodriguez, this is all Hinkie. Yeah, and let's be honest, you're not going there to see, like Sergio's been kind of fun, oddly enough, but you're going there to see Joel Embiid at this point. Yeah, duh. Who's been like the most exciting player in the NBA through the first week, aside from guys who are breaking records and already declaring themselves MVP of the league. I mean, like it's all about it's all about Embiid. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, let's get hyperbolic about it. He is the next variation of who do you say you hate when he's compared to Akeem Olajuwon? <laughs> I, I don't hate it. It's just it's it's like word bingo. You know, you're going to get those comparisons. It's because of the footwork, yeah. Well, here's the thing, and I, I was just having this conversation earlier with, uh, I think, Jake Clark, who's like Mr. Clark on Twitter, good basketball takes, uh, and he tweeted something like, the two of them shouldn't be compared because Hakeem was just that much more like agile and athletic than Embiid is, which I think is correct. Like, I think Hakeem really was so graceful of an athlete, and now we look at Embiid and you see how, how big he is, and it's a relative thing. Relative to his size and his position, you just don't get traditional centers like Embiid in terms of their body and have them move or have the skill set that he has. So I think it's more of a skill than like athleticism thing comparing Embiid to Hakeem. Yeah, I I think that's fair. I also think Embiid's athleticism is more similar to a David Robinson straightforward type athleticism, while the Elijah one thing is the agility type of athleticism. 
I couldn't agree with you more. I think that that was a great take. Also, this Angelo Cataldi guy, I don't know if you have uh, his tweet up still. No. He looks a little bit like Baba Booey in the face. Wow. Well, we don't know if that's his real Abby. I, I purposely searched for negative Sixers tweets. There it is. That's the Joe we all know and love. You're welcome, America. <laughs> all right. So aside from the Sixers, which you knew we were going to have to talk about, because what is what is a podcast or what is public record of you and I speaking and not discussing the Sixers? What else has stood out to you so far through the first week of the NBA season? Uh, Russell Westbrook. What has he done? Anything special? Like I don't, yeah, know. I don't know. I think I think he's averaging triple double, right? He is. So, Russell Westbrook is averaging 38.7 points, 12.3 rebounds, 11.7 assists, shooting 45.3 from the field and 44.3% from three. I think the big number here, though, is 3-0, and which is the Thunder record through these first three games. You know, it's, it's come against the Sixers, the Suns, and the Lakers. They might be, like, the three worst teams in the NBA <laughs> besides the Pelicans. But, I mean, it's impressive no less. Well, yeah, you what, can only win losing in front of you. Right, that's all you can do. Uh, it's also interesting, I, I hate to just recite stats we've been seeing on ESPN, but Russ is the first player in NBA history with 100 points, 30 rebounds, and 30 assists through his team's first three games of a season. He, he's playing historical, and we all kind of expected this, you know, Westbrook with no breaks type of player. And, you know, it, it's weird three games into the season to ask if this is sustainable, if this is going to be the Westbrook we're going to see all season, but, like, why not, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, he's going to, like, I mean, the night he had a billion points, he had to shoot 40-whatever times. So, like, he's not really, like, doing anything that we didn't think. We knew he'd shoot a ton. Um, his assist numbers being that high are, are, is kind of surprising. Um, but credit to Steven Adams and everybody else on the team for making buckets. Yeah, but, definitely. But uh, it will be guys... interesting when, like you mentioned, like, you know, they played three bottom feeders. When they start, I mean, on Thursday they play the Warriors. Let's see what it looks like when they play teams off consequence. Right. I mean, either way, though, like you just said, we all expected a high-volume, high-usage Russell Westbrook. So, yeah, not his usage rate right by the end of the year is going to be a bazillion. Right. And, that, that, you know, I don't need to Literally. say that to take... <laughs> it's going to say on ESPN, ESPN, bazillion. In letters. <laughs> We don't mean to take anything away from what he's doing or his numbers. I mean, they're they are all the more impressive regardless of, of his usage. But, and it's, it's not. But. No, there, there's no but. There's just, I, that's that's the thing. That's what I'm kind of coming in right now saying. There shouldn't be a but. Like, Russell Is West, Depot worth $80 million? Oh, man, I don't love Victor Oladipo. Me neither. Remember when people compared him to Dwayne Wade because of Tom Cruise? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, in college... Victor Oladipo is awesome, uh, and he's fine in the NBA, just not not great, not very good, not pro- maybe not even a top 10 shooting guard. Again, you know, we don't want to overreact to What's a three-game sample, so we'll, we'll see how these guys mesh together throughout the season. Steven Adams scary. is worth $100 million, by the way. Yeah, Steven Adams is great. I don't know that he's the best, did you say? Yeah, the best guy. Well, he's not, I don't know, like, is he the best? With the mustache? <laughs> Uh, is he the Enos Cantor's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, Enos Cantor's been really good for them, too. He's really found, you know, his role off the bench for this team, and I think that, that that's one interesting thing Billy Donovan's doing is the, the way he's staggering minutes and finding guys. Again, you know, their schedule's been so easy, but the way he, he's blending his rotation and, and getting Enos Cantor those impact minutes, and Russell Westbrook's not really resting, but... You know, the way the bench has been able to to hold up and, and still score, even when Westbrook isn't just Yeah, dominant. he's letting Cantor come off the bench and eat against uh, other teams' bench guys. Right. Which, Basically. listen, 
it's a good role. It's a good role for Cantor. It was a good role for him last year. He really oddly what the Sixers are doing great with Okafor. Yeah, oddly, I mean the two of them are very comparable, and I mean maybe they're not very comparable. Maybe that's not fair to Enos Cantor. Cantor's farther along, yeah, in development. Right, he's farther along, but I, I think that that's kind of after seeing one year of Okafor and seeing his limitations, that's kind of what you're hoping you can get him to be at least you know at this stage of his career. But I, how do we wind up talking about the Sixers again? Because you're talking to me. This is the Sixers are even though I'm not a Sixers fan, they are my nets, I guess. Where I'll circle everything back to Philadelphia. That's cool. We we all have one of those teams. Anyway, ju- just to wrap up, Russell Westbrook has just been ridiculous. And again, we all expected it, but that shouldn't take away from how ridiculous he is. Ridiculous. Yeah, it's going to be awesome to see them play against the Warriors on Thursday, though. Yeah. Do you think he tries to destroy? Like, if Kevin Durant's near the rim, do you think he tries to, like, destroy the rim? Like, just destroy it? And hopefully, and, and purposely try to bring it down on top of Kevin Durant? I do. And you oh. know that I'm really sick of, like, the, the Durant-Westbrook narrative. And, I mean, it's not even a narrative. I'm kind of sick of the storyline and hearing about it nonstop. But I do think that Russ does his best to to kill somebody playing basketball. On being, being, being a member of the media, right? Do you kind of get sick of Kevin Durant always saying, like, the Stinks when he's been treated with kid gloves since joining the NBA. Yeah, I do and I don't. I mean, I, I do think it kind of stinks that like he he doesn't handle it well. Like he can't take it. He always complains. I, I don't really like that. But at the same time, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't a Kevin Durant stan. And I kind of stick up for anything he says or anytime anybody criticizes him, just because I think he's that fantastic of a basketball player. Uh, yeah, but he is, could be good at basketball, but have horrible opinions. Right, and it's funny because he was in Oklahoma City for all these years, and it's not like he was getting crushed by national media. They retracted media. a headline in Oklahoma City that was negative about the newspaper. Remember that? Yes, because he had all the power, and it's not like he was playing you know, in a city with vultures for the media. And this so, is the first year anybody said anything negative really about him on a national scale, and now he's super like, media is mean, sad yeah, face emoji. He's always taken that stance, and it is a little annoying of him. It, but like personally, it doesn't bother me that much. Just because I love him as a basketball player. All right, let's see if you're consistent on that as the season progresses. Let's see. That will be something to keep an eye on. Speaking of eyes, let's talk. About, let's talk about something about about the eyes. <laughs> Specifically, <brow>. unibrows. <laughs> yeah. If, if Russell. If Russell Westbrook isn't the most talked about NBA player through the first week of the season, it should be Anthony Davis, who is great, but the team he plays for stinks. Very Joe, so. Joe, talk about the Pelicans. They stink. Uh, I know they they had some injuries Done. to start the season, but even when the roster is healthy, it kind of stinks. And when Davis does leave this team, oh my god, he just what? Signed. He just extended. Right. I said when. When. Right. He does leave this team. It's going to be because they failed to put around good players around him, and the narrative will be, well, he's abandoning the team that drafts. Like, the whole stupid thing, like, this is why small markets can't function, and blah, blah. It'll be because they failed to... And it's not really... They didn't... I'm not going to say they didn't draft right. They just got unlucky in the draft, I guess the best way to put it. And it's too hard to lure free agents to New Orleans, I guess. So that's going to be on them. Um, it really stinks because Davis is so fun, and he's going to get a lot. Like, we're going to watch Chris Stops this year and Cat, and they're going to get a ton of attention. Like, probably MB, even. They're going to get all this attention, and 
he's just going to get lost because his team's going to be so bad. Sure, the Sixers are going to be bad, but they're going to be at least fun to watch. And we don't know. Minnesota might not. Like, I know some people are high on them, but they'll at least be fun to watch. The Pelicans aren't fun to yeah. watch outside the brow. So, like, he's going. This is the second. He's going to get lost in the shuffle again. His greatness is going to get lost. Yeah, and greatness really is the right word. He's averaging 37.7 points a game. Like, he'd be leading the NBA in scoring if Russell Westbrook wasn't doing ridiculous things. He's at 37.7 points a game, 12.3 rebounds, and three blocks per game. But the Pelicans are 1-8, including the preseason this year. I mean, you know, they played the Warriors and the Spurs so far in the regular season, so you can't be that shocked that they're 0-3. Just they, they don't look good at all, and it's not encouraging. You look at this roster right now, and yeah, like you mentioned, they don't have Drew Holiday. They don't have Tyreek Evans. How much better are they going to be when those guys come back? Yeah. And you, you look at the guys. You look at the guys that are playing for them. Tim Frazier might be the second best player on this team, you know, and that, that's just not a not a very uh, deep roster at all. When you can make that kind of claim, Tim, Tim Frazier didn't have a guaranteed NBA contract last season. Listen, I'm 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 a Tim Frazier guy. I like Tim Frazier a ton, but if he's your second or third best player, you are in a world of poop. yeah. Buddy Heald also struggling mightily through uh, the first stinky. three games. Yeah. I don't even be mean about it. Like It's early in his career. But, uh, man, when you bring a shooter in, a shooter, and he's shoot, shooting 25% from the floor and over from three, that's uh, that's really bad. Not great. No, not great that's, that's less than not great. He's also 23. So like his time to develop isn't this huge window. So you're kind of hoping that he'd be a little more NBA-ready. And yes, I know it's early. He's three games in and 17 minutes per game. But listen, he's not shying away from taking eight shots a game. You know what I mean? So he's not really doing anything else. He's, he's doing an assisted game, two rebounds per game, turning it over once a game. You would hope he'd shoot better than one for four from four. One for four from four per game. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Also, <laughs> now, now that we're talking about him, Buddy Heald was selected by the Today's Fast Break uh rookie poll to win rookie of the year so a lot of people might be eating crow if he doesn't get his stuff together just uh to be Not transparent me. I didn't pick him <laughs> yeah to be transparent both joe and i picked dario sarge to win which hasn't of the worked year, out so. super well either yeah yeah dario still struggling uh from the field but he's still got to get used to the nba and he actually plays like i feel like buddy's minutes are like Let's just get him 18 minutes per game for the sake of getting him 18 minutes. I feel like the Sixers trust Dario. Have to trust. trust there the has process. to be trust with that Philadelphia team. And again, we were talking about the Sixers. I don't know how it happened, but it happened. You're welcome. Um, you have anything else you want to add on the Pelicans, or can we move on from that dumpster fire? Um, anything else I want to add on the Pelicans? No. I mean, when you name your team the Pelicans, I mean, I guess you can't expect to do nothing but garbage. There it is. Garbage mascot, garbage team name, garbage roster. They're not what are the they, best. that big baby king guy or whatever? That thing's freaky. No, isn't it up here in the Pelican, or did they get rid of him because he was too scary? Well, didn't they have, like, a big baby king or something, too? A big baby cake king or something? I don't know. None have of this is relevant. Let's move on to the next team we're talking about. All right, speaking of relevance, Chicago Bulls are 2-0. and They lead the NBA in offensive rating, and they put a beatdown on the Indianapolis. Indiana on the Indiana Pacers on Saturday night. Joe, are the Bulls for real? I hope so. I have no idea. Listen, you talked about this off the air. I have no idea how sustainable any of this is. 
Also, Matt Moore, stop stealing my shtick about Fred Hoiberg clones. You just changed it from clones to robots. Um, oh, which I've been doing for fired. years. I'm not being... He definitely doesn't know that I compared Fred Hoiberg making his players into clones. He definitely doesn't know that. So, like, I'm only seeing that in just... Uh, but stop stealing. I don't know, Joe. There aren't many people out there. There aren't many people out there that love Fred Hoiberg the way you love Fred Hoiberg. So maybe, maybe he knows. Maybe he's he's stealing stuff from the from the Joe and just changing him from clone to robot. You think? I'll have to ask him. Um, are you? How, how surprised are you that the Bulls have been this good, though? No, in, in all seriousness. Very, very. Um, listen, like a lot of the numbers are misleading because like the guys that shot really well from beyond the arc didn't shoot well beyond the arc uh, in the second game. Right. And Dougie McBuckets kind of helped level that out in game two. 23 points from McBuckets. Wow. We both said, we said last week, I think Friday we actually said this, that he's supposed to be the perfect fit for the system. So we're not shocked by that at all. We were just wondering whether or not he was actually good or not. Um, But no, I don't think that, listen, I'm not trying to be a downer about it, but like I don't expect Dwayne Wade and Jimmy Butler to not not that they actually hit threes in their second win of the season, but to be three point specialists or anything like that. You know what I mean? So the, the whole floor spacing thing. What's going? Bobby Portis isn't getting a lot of minutes, so I assume that means they think he stinks, which makes me wonder about their front court depth. Yes, I know Felicio has been doing a good job. Uh, the other guy I can't pronounce his name. What's his name? Uh, I don't even know. I don't know who's the other guy. The other guy, you know. Come on, do it. Nick, oh, Mer- Meritage? Yeah, him. So, Come on, you can pronounce Meritage. I'm, I'm afraid of... I, we went over this the other podcast. I'm afraid to say guys' last names anymore. Ever since wow. Recon Holmes. <laughs> but that's not his last name. That's well, fine. Just I I'm just afraid to say names. <laughs> I'm just going to say their number anymore. I just hope people know what they're talking about. Bulls guard number one. Everybody's favorite. Derek that guy who anyway, shot seven threes. Yeah, the the Bulls thing is interesting because like we couldn't expect this coming into the season, but at the same time, you know, the three point numbers look gaudy from the first game of the season. They didn't really hold up in the second game, but you can't complain about a game that the Bulls were ahead by so much that Hoiberg was able to rest Rondo, Wade, and Butler all in the fourth quarter. These guys all seem to be sharing the ball well. Rajon Rondo said. Averaging 11 assists a game to go with three turnovers, which listen for Rondo is an improvement, and it just it feels like again it's so early in the season, but it feels like this team is playing together a little bit, you know, more cooperative than I could have expected, and they've been more efficient than we could have expected. Uh, I just it, it's surprising, and it shouldn't be shocking. You know, that you'll find a lot of people saying we told you the Bulls had potential to be a super team this year. Look at look at these names they have on the roster. And you have a lot of people who said, you know, this team is going to struggle. They're going to be a bottom five team in the East. We obviously don't know how they're going to wind up, but it's just it's impressive to see them look this good through their first two games and see them beat two teams who are likely going to be Eastern Conference playoff teams. So good start for the Bulls. You know, again, I just we don't know that it's sustainable. Sample my size guess, is so small. That's... Right. My guess, my guess is no. Your guess as to whether or not this is sustainable, Joe? No. All right, so listen, we're obviously going to talk about the Bulls more as the season goes along. It's just, it's funny, you know, you get you get one week of NBA basketball, and we're so excited to have basketball to talk about, but you just, you can't be definitive about any of this. There, it just, it's way too early to know, and teams haven't played anything close to, you know, schedules that give you a real sample size, so it's just, 
How can you be definitive after two games? I saw Magic Johnson before was tweeting his MVP favorite for the NBA so far. And I'm like, we're half the way through the NFL season, and I don't really want to talk about MVPs yet. How can you freaking talk about MVPs in the NBA? But yeah, I guess I mean, we all know. You have to wait six games before you start slotting MVPs. <laughs> exactly. All right. I just started talking about the NFL. Joe, you ready to move on and, and switch sports? Yeah, let's sing the song. We're going from the NBA to the NFL. <laughs> we were talking basketball, but now it's football. All right, so NFL Week 8 has come and is pretty much gone. We just have the Monday Night Football game tonight, which is the Chicago Bears and the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings coming off their first loss of the season last oh, week. Oh, you already spent too much time in the game nobody cares about. Yeah, I, I don't care about it. I'm just trying to be nice. Anyway, let, let's, let's break down NFL Week 8. Let's get into our picks first. First loser Joe, of the week. For the first time, first time all season, Joe and I both have a losing week, which is nuts. We both go two and three. So now on the season, I'm twenty four and sixteen. Joe is twenty two and eighteen. Just to go over the games real quick, we had the Patriots at Bills, who were six and a half point underdogs. Both picked the Pats. Both got that right. Seahawks at the Saints. Saints were giving three and a half points at home, and uh, we both picked the Seahawks. Neither of us got that one right. However, Joe, here is your minute to gloat. Joe predicted C.J. Procise would get five touches at least. for 45 yards. At least five touches and at least 45 yards. C.J. goes for eight touches for 103 yards. Joe, take a bow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I think I, I, I should get so bonus now, points for that. Also, sorry for bothering you on Twitter every time you touch the ball. Nah, it's cool, man. I, I get it. I was excited. I, uh, I was actually running around all day yesterday, so I, I saw your tweets late. But Procise had a hell of a game, and now this is... It already kind of was, but now this is officially the CJ Procise podcast. Well, we have CJ Procise for football, Joel Embiid for basketball. We just need a baseball mascot. Oh, man, baseball. That is your one and only baseball mention. Thanks, Joe. Although I have to say, while we're on the tangent, baseball World Series got a better overnight rating last night than the Cowboys-Eagles game. That was just completely shocking to me. Yeah, that's weird because it wasn't a meaningless game last night in the NFL. It's two teams in a division people care about. Then again, it was the Cubs on the verge of being eliminated, so I kind of get it. Right, elimination game for the World Series, I guess, does give them the boost in ratings, but still, I think Cowboys prime time, I'm very surprised. Well, you know what, too? I imagine the NFL shares some of its viewers with wrestling fans, and Hell in a Cell was last night. Interesting. Who fought in the Hell in a Cell? Many people. Really? That's how they do that now? Yeah, well, there was three different Hell in a Cell matches. They closed with a women. Women's main event, though, and it was tremendous. Charlotte Flair versus Sasha Bates. Way to go, wrestling. Happy to hear it. All right, back to our picks. For what it's worth, Marty Jannetty is our wrestling mascot. <laughs> that is clear. All right, back to back to our picks. We had the Chiefs at the Colts. Colts were two-and-a-half-point underdogs. I picked the Colts. Joe picked the Chiefs. Joe gets that one right. Jets at Browns. Browns were three-and-a-half-point underdogs at home. Both picked the Jets. Neither of us get that right, which is infuriating. We would have had another week if the Browns don't score a touchdown and convert a two-point conversion with 12 seconds left in that game. So, Joe, we were like seconds away from being 3-2. Thanks anyway, a lot, Browns. Yeah, thanks a lot, Browns and Jets. Cardinals at Panthers. Panthers were two-and-a-half-point favorites despite being a one-win team. I picked the Panthers. Joe picked the Cardinals. This is how we both arrived at 2-3 and three on the week. So, yeah, man, that's that. Fun picks. You can yeah. still trust us. Still trust our picks. We're still overwhelmingly winning. So Nick Foles, cool. greater than Andrew Luck. <laughs> Nick, 
Yeah, Nick Foles got some play yesterday, but let's let's talk about stuff that actually matters. And the first thing I kind of wanted to talk about NFL-wise, we, we picked this game and we both got it wrong, which was the Seahawks at the Saints. I mean, everybody goes into New Orleans and lights the Saints up. Seattle did not do that yesterday. Their offense struggled for the third game in a row. Russell West, Russell Westbrook. Russell Wilson. <laughs> yeah, Russell. Russell Wilson fails to score a touchdown that, that's throwing and running. No, nothing for Russell Wilson yesterday. Should we be worried about the Seahawks, Joe? No. They, Pete Carroll finally realized C.J. Procise needs at least 10 touches a game, and I expect him to go in the field for the rest of the season. There um, it is. On all seriousness, yes, we should be concerned about them. Um, Russell Wilson's looked very up and down this season. I am concerned about the running game because – they seem relying upon guys who actually don't get high-value numbers. And if you're not passing the ball well and you're not running the ball well, what good's your offense? And their defense hasn't exactly been the defense we we're, we're accustomed to seeing from them. So, yeah, I wouldn't be, like, super worried. Like, it isn't time to panic. But, yeah, there's trouble in signs. Yeah, for sure. Like, like you said, the defense just hasn't been able to get big stops. They haven't been running the ball overly efficiently. And really, for me, I mean... Russell Wilson's numbers don't look terrible. He's still completing a good percentage of his passes. But last three weeks, he has 10 carries for 16 yards. And for a guy like Russell Wilson, he's he's got a great arm. He's also got – he also has good legs. That feels really weird to see. Yeah. He's a, du- he's a dual threat, he's a dual threat quarterback. They're not long. I think he's about my height, Russell Wilson. Um, but he's a dual threat quarterback. And we saw that offense look so good last year when they unleashed Wilson and they let him throw the ball downfield a lot. And you'd think with Jimmy Graham getting more involved and Doug Baldwin, you know, having his breakout last year, that this Seattle offense kind of would have hit stride. Again, we know Russell Wilson was dealing with a knee injury, and I think I heard Pete Carroll earlier today say the knee brace is supposed to come off for next week. This just seemed like the right matchup for Wilson to get back on track and kind of start putting up those monster numbers and for this offense to really take off. And again, you know, they, they didn't do it, which coming off of the tie last week against Arizona... And then the, the Atlanta game, you know, this, this just seemed like the right place for Seattle to get right. I agree with you. It's not time to panic on them yet. You know, they're still 4-2-1. and one. They're still a good team. They're, they still, they're still Seattle. They get the goodwill of the last few years rolling over. I'm just worried that we haven't seen more out of Russell Wilson yet. This is, they're like at, like, so a couple years ago, Seattle was Ben Affleck at the peak of his career. And now they're kind of Ben Affleck transitioning out of Fargo and all those Movies into his Batman role. Wow. Uh, speaking of, I saw The Accountant last week, and was I wanted to mention this. What's that? Was it good? Please tell me it was good. Uh, I liked it. I don't know that it was good. I really resent that the commercials try to compare it to the usual suspects and the Bourne movies. It has zero effect of usual suspects, really. I mean, there's somewhat of like a twist near the end of the movie, but I think anybody who was paying attention could kind of figure out what that twist was going to be. I actually, I like the movie, and I'm not a huge Affleck guy. It did feel a little bit more like like Batman becomes an accountant. You know, he kind of felt like the same Batman role a little bit, except he's autistic in the movie, which I liked. I liked that he was autistic. I liked that they shine a light on autism. Why did they didn't do any of that in the trailers? I don't know, because I, I guess stuff like that doesn't sell the way, you know, making you think him and Anna Kendrick are going to have, like, this crazy love affair in the movie, which I'm glad to report they didn't. That whoa, was whoa, whoa, stop spoiling the movie here. Relax. That's not a big spoiler. I, w- I was worried going into this movie that they were going to make me believe that Ben Affleck and Anna Kendrick, who's like, I don't know, 20 years younger than him, or like 
these lovers and stuff like that. It didn't really go there, which I'm happy about. But I like the movie. I like that, uh, you know, they, they showcased a character with autism and made him a really awesome character. I, I thought it was decent. I enjoyed it. I don't know that I would call it a really good movie, though. Also, shout out. I don't know his name right now, which isn't good. I'm going to look it up. But the dude who plays the Punisher in the Daredevil series, I guess he was in The Walking Dead as well. Yeah, Shane in The Walking Dead. Um, John Berenthal. Yeah, something like that. John Bear. Is it Berenthal? Berenthal. Like John People Berenthal. know what you're talking about. He's an excellent actor. He is an excellent actor. He was in The Accountant. He was very good in The Accountant. And I might be swayed to watch every movie he's in moving forward. So yeah, to watch The Walking Dead at least a couple seasons. Yeah, I'm going to have to wait for, like, The Walking Dead to be done for, like, three He's years until I watch it. He's in that bad movie with it's Stallone or De Niro, whatever the movie, Grudge Match. He is? Yeah. That's weird. He's in The Wolf of Wall Street, and he was really good in that, too. Yeah, he had a limited um, role in that, but that was, like, his first movie post-Walking Dead, and he was really good in that. Yeah, I, I liked him in that. But back to what I was just saying about Walking Dead. I would like to watch that show. Everybody recommends it to me. I know you swear by it. I just feel like I've seen every name of every person who's died, like, all over social media. And I don't want to jump into a show, like, where I'm reading about spoilers as it's going on. And again, it's not fair to call them spoilers, but I'm going to take my chances, wait a few years, and then get into it. Like, try to think, hope that you forget about everything you've heard, and then watch it? Exactly. Exactly. Which didn't work for me with The Wire. For what it's worth. That, that's pretty smart. It, it's just, it's, it's like really not a great idea. Unless you can really binge something like in its off season. Like if I would have started Walking Dead at the end of last season and been ready for this new season, that would have been awesome. That was what I actually did with Breaking Bad a few years ago. But I, I know I wouldn't be able to catch up. So Yeah, there's a lot it's of episodes. Awesome. Yeah. Great. What, what, day- we, what show are we on again? <laughs> What'd you say? What kind of podcast do we have again? Everything is relative, my friend. All right, let's get back to football. No, let's keep talking about John Barenbaugh. <laughs> Love that guy. <laughs> so, if that, we don't know if that's how you pronounce his last name, but Shane from The Walking Dead, The Punisher, and the guy at Wolf of Wall Street who didn't do the penny stocks. Yeah, that guy, the the drug dealer in Wolf of Wall Street. All right, so back to football. How about his Are wife tra- cheating on him in Wolf of Wall Street? We didn't know that until after he died. Yeah, that was messed up, man. Shame on her. Are the Chargers still the second best team in the AFC? Ha! <laughs> right, in context to the joke for the new listeners. If you don't know what we're talking about, last week our bad tweet was from one Whitlock Jason who said the Chargers are the second best team in the AFC. We laughed and said they're probably not even the third best team in their division, let alone the second best team in their conference. And after yesterday, I think that we can confirm that they are the worst team in that division because their division is incredible. It I mean, is a really Broncos, good division. Are the Broncos five? Broncos are five and two. Chiefs are five and two. I believe the Oakland Raiders are six and two. Correct. Oakland gets another big win yesterday. Granted, it's against Tampa Bay, but the Raiders are looking very good, and Derek Carr is looking like an MVP candidate. Joe, do you think Derek Carr and Matt Ryan are the only legit NFL MVP candidates through the first half of the season? I'm still going to put Tom Brady in there. Sure. And then, and then those are my three, and I think everybody else kind of there's a drop after that. That's fair. And um, it, I mean, obviously, Ryan Fitzpatrick comes in with close four. Ooh, all right. As a Let's contributor to other teams, though. Let's not. We're not talking about the Jets. We didn't. Not talking about them. Aside from it being disappointed they couldn't cover yesterday. Let's get back to good football players. Derek Carr threw for 379 pass yards in the second half yesterday which is the most for a player in the last 30 years. It's just ridiculous. 
On the day, he went 40 of 59 for 513 yards, four touchdowns and no picks. Again, the Bucks are really bad defensively, but Carr's on pace to throw for 4,600 yards, 34 touchdowns and six interceptions. I mean, it helps I, that he's I super great with, skill position guys, as does Matt Ryan, obviously. Right, he he does, and Michael Crabtree's been awesome this year. Obviously, Amari Cooper's really good. They have at least three running backs who can catch the ball and, and make plays with it. So, I mean, yeah, their offense is pretty high-powered. I just, I think a lot of this is about Derek Carr stepping up and having a really good year. Last year, he looked good, too, but year three, to see him step up like this, I mean, I don't think anybody imagined him to be this good this quickly, Joe. What do you think? I did. I bet you feel it from my Twitter history. I told you Derek Carr would be awesome. Quick question, uh, Derek Carr, uh, officially greater yeah. than David Carr? Officially, yes. Okay, just worried. I was wondering if it was still close. It's, a, <laughs> it, it's official. I'm not sure if it was ever close, but I just told you what Derek Carr did yesterday. How about Matt Ryan? Leads another comeback over a good team yesterday as the Falcons get downfield to beat the Packers for Matt Ryan's 32nd career game-winning drive, which is the most in the NFL since he was drafted in 2008. I just I'm I'm blown away by by how good Matt Ryan's been. We knew Kyle Shanahan was going to do a lot for him, but last year they didn't look all that great together. Matt Ryan actually looked like he regressed a little bit last year. This season he's leading the NFL in passing yards, passing touchdowns, and he's third behind Tom Brady and Drew Brees in completion percentage. Is Matt Ryan your MVP as of right now? Uh, yeah. I don't know. Maybe. What's your take? He's on pace for 5,272 passing yards yeah, at the halfway but point. Yeah, but on pace for it doesn't mean he's going to do it. Third most in NFL history. And granted, you know, they, they've had a tough schedule so far. He's played the Broncos. He's played the Saints, who stink. Um, I just, I'm, I'm really impressed with Matt Ryan. I do have him as my MVP right now. I can't make a better case for anybody else, which is why I think I have to make it him. Is there somebody who you think you can make a better case for than Matt Ryan? A better case? Not a better yeah. case. I think, like, equal case. I think the Derek Hart case is on par. And I think, um, given Tom Brady missing 40 games, his per-game per numbers are, or are similar enough to have him into the conversation. But I don't, I don't have anybody that's a better one. I mean, if CJ Procyte starts getting more touches, we'll be able to revisit True. this. In all seriousness, you know who should actually be in this conversation is... I don't, I don't know how you do it, but somebody from the Cowboys offensive line and or Ezekiel Elliott. Right. That's fair. I mean, it's never going to be an offensive lineman. Like, it just will not I know. Happen. I wish there was somebody to recognize that offensive line because they are just unreal. Yeah, while, while I was putting together this rundown, Zeke was kind of that third guy who I would put in the MVP conversation with Matt Ryan and David Carr. Uh, Derek Carr, Derek, Derek Carr, Derek Carr. Sorry about that. At but, least David uh, Carr I, I just, I don't, now that he's being overshadowed by his younger brother. does have that going for him. Um, I, I agree with you. I mean, I don't think anybody expected the Cowboys to be this good without Tony Romo. And as much as Dak Prescott gets credit for leading this team and being great, you know, regardless of, of being a rookie, a fourth-round rookie, whatever else you want to say, like, yeah, the offensive line in the running game is really what fuels this team. I want to be fair to Dak. He made some really big throws last night, and the Cowboys don't win that game if it's not for Dak. Also, Doug Peterson's questionable play calling. But, but yeah, I agree that somebody from the Cowboys should be in the MVP conversation as well. Excellent. We're on agreement. Great. 
Awesome. All right, that's going to wrap up our NBA and NFL coverage. Let's have some fun. Let's do a hockey. Show. Let's do a third. <laughs> and now is the new hockey segment. We've been waiting weeks to debut hockey, it. Hockey, hockey, hockey. Joe, hit the music. There's teams in the league. There's your hockey the ice. There's teams in the league. Well, how many teams are in the N- NHL? Um, 30? <laughs> Am I right? That would be my I don't. I don't know. Something I wasn't wrong, ready to right? It it has to be right. I don't know. I'm not going to go check. We're not going to. I'm, I'm checking. Or, hold on. Let's, let's, Everybody, hold. This is important. You're guessing thirty as well. Yeah, I'm going to guess thirty. Mm. Maybe twenty-eight. There's thirty member clubs. <sighs> member guess clubs. how many are in the United States, and then how many are in Canada? I have the number in front of me, so I won't oh, guess. Man. Our- all right, so in Canada we have don't name. Toronto, Let's take a number guess. Uh, I, th- I, I thought you just quit the show. <laughs> I was like, why is someone silent? Screw that. I'm counting. I'm counting silently. I have five or six in Canada. Yeah, there's seven. Seven: Ottawa, Winnipeg, Vancouver, Toronto, Montreal, and Calgary. There are seven. You I, did that, I did that off the top of my head. You failed our hockey I forgot segment. about. I, I, yeah, I forgot about Calgary, which is just unacceptable considering Bret Hart is the, the official retired wrestler of the Relatively Speaking podcast. Marty Jannetty still wrestles somewhere. Probably. You're right. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> All right, Joe. Let's do absurd questions. Luigi, hit the music. It is time for the absurd questions portion of the podcast. Absurd Question. All right, let me go first because my question is not good at all. You do With, this every week. No, because this question is actually indicative. This this question is actually indicative of the fact my questions are bad. Are you ready? All right. All right. I really hope it's not what has been my worst absurd question. No, it's along those lines though. How mad does okay. it make you that I don't prep at all for these shows? Not even a little bit, man. You're like, uh, I don't know. It, it wouldn't make me mad. Who cares? We have fun. We have fun. We have our fans. They enjoy it. That's all that matters. They, you should ask them if they get upset. I'm going to put it on the poll. I think that, that's what we have to do with this. Yeah, we haven't done the poll in a while, so apologize I to put, our listeners. I, actually, I put up a poll last week, and I tweeted way too much since I put up that poll, so I can't go check the results. What was the but poll? But I asked who people think, who gets bashed more unfairly, Andrew Wiggins or Jabari Parker. Oh, I we were I'll, go look, I'll go find that tweet. I'm, I'm interested in all the results on that. I don't think you'll be able to find it. What it was if I just Twitter yeah, search a, it? Yeah, you could do that too. Um, um, no, it doesn't bother me. I, you're pretty prepared. Listen, you have your go-tos. I know whenever you're in a pinch, you're going to either bring up Marty Jannetty or CJ Procise or somebody of that ilk, and I don't mind it. I'm prepared for your unpreparedness, Joe. Wow. That's uh... wow. wow me or wow to the results of the poll? I'm trying to find right, it. Well, well, I, I, can't find, I did Twitter search for Wiggins in your lab, in your Twitter handle, and the closest well, date I get is... Because it was in a poll. It wouldn't show up. Oh. Right, like a poll, I feel like, is almost like a PDF on Google. You can't search for it. But while while you keep searching, um, I, I don't even know what you could search, like, for. I tried just doing Google, but there's too many results. Hmm. Uh, I might have put our podcast in it. I don't know. Maybe from today's episode of the podcast or episode, I don't know. Just keep searching. Okay, you I'll might. stall while you do that. Yeah, talk uh, about so something you, your passion. Talk about your cat. 
Oh, it's actually my cat's birthday today. That's amazing that you brought that up. Whoa. Shout out to Ralph. Yeah, shout out to Ralph. Ralph's birthday's on Halloween. But this is the funny thing. It's an estimated birthday. I mean, like, we weren't there. We didn't see him get born. He was found in the dumpster and then brought to the ASPCA. Who's Andrew Greenberg? Uh, it's just somebody I talked to on Twitter. Why does he want on your podcast? Because it was an AMA. I, just look at me, man. I'm fielding, like, nine questions at a time trying to talk about my cat. So they, they assume my cat was born on October 31st. I don't know how you kind of make those, you know, simulations and look at a cat and say, oh, he was born this long ago, so it must have been on this day. So all in all, he probably wasn't really born on Halloween, which seems lazy to me. I don't know how, how the ASPCA would mess that up. Maybe he was born on Halloween. I'm not giving them enough credit. Shout out to the ASPCA, though, especially today. This is a big day. Don't be mean to cats, all right? Don't be bad to cats on Halloween because you think cats are evil on a make-believe holiday or something. And I don't mean to offend you if, like, you really believe in Halloween. Like, that's cool to each their own, but don't you go hurt believe in Halloween as if it's, like, Santa Claus with Easter Bunny. Dude, dude. I mean, it's, I don't know. Anyway, let's not talk about Santa Claus or the Easter Bunny because that has a chance of offending more people than if we make fun of Halloween. But be good to cats. Happy birthday, Ralph. Ralph is three years old today. We tried to dress him up as a minion over the weekend. It didn't work because you cannot dress up your cat. I don't care what anybody says. You just can't do it. It's difficult. They don't like being dressed up. Anyway, I will keep talking about sports while Joe keeps searching for this poll. I cannot find it. I don't think you did this poll. I think you made it up. All right. Do you have something to kill time with while I go look for it, or is this just bad radio at this point? Uh, Last I saw it, it had like 12 votes, and I think it was tied, so... Okay, that's what we'll say. It is a tie, 12 voter, and thank you for listening to this. <laughs> the poll you didn't care about was tied. All right, Joe, I guess it's my turn to ask you a question. Ask me something. What's the worst thing that ever happened to you on Halloween? Well, it didn't happen to me directly, but it made me feel super bad as a father and a person. Um, about Nope, nope. Nope, 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 nope. I want to hear about the worst thing that happened to you on Halloween. I want to hear a childhood story, Joe. Uh, Dig deep. I'll, I will give you some time. When I was in fifth grade, this is probably the last year I went. No, it couldn't have been the last year I went trick-or-treating. But one of the last years I went trick-or-treating, my best friend at the time, who's going to be in my wedding party when I get married, and is still one of my best friends, Ed. Ed and I were trick-or-treating, and we saw a bunch of kids we went to school with. They were more of the bad kids. I mean, we were pretty cool with them. I was friends with them. They were my friends in middle school, but they uh, they egged us. They egged us, and they put shaving cream all over us. We didn't even see it coming. It was miserable. Okay, I'm glad you actually told that story. That's horrible, by the way. I mean, um, it's fine. We didn't get beat up or anything, so I, I'm cool with that. Like, I remember when I was a couple years older, we were told not to like go outside during Halloween because like all the bloods were going to be there. So we were like scared because that was our first interaction with like gangs and stuff at the time yeah so, that yeah kind of story. anyway okay so i guess i mean that is scary i mean you know don't go outside these gangs will kill you it's right kind of, yeah uh, scary yeah thing. i'm like 12 being told that i was like oh these gangs probably will kill me i was wearing i remember that day too i was wearing a white harvard hoodie <laughs> and the, the harvard letters were all in red and i was oh. like oh my god it's gonna be me they're gonna get me but oh, um yeah Happy to report they didn't get me that day. And, uh, so I'm yeah. not talking to the ghost of Jared Mintz, is what you're Definitely saying. not. I mean, not that I know of. I don't think you'd know if you were a ghost. That's a good point. What if we're all ghosts? All right, Joe, what's the worst thing to happen to you on Halloween? That goes to my theory that we're actually, um, like, you know how we look at Anson and Ann Farm, we're like, 
if they only knew we were looking at them. Yeah. That's what aliens do to us, is my theory. Um, like a real theory or like a jokey theory? No, I'm serious. I think like, I think people, like there's intelligent life out there. Like, they think that we're like this, the top notch of the food chain in the, gal- in the, in the universe is kind of kind of egotistical, don't you think? Yeah, of course. So I wouldn't be shocked if, like, we're ants in an ant farm to some alien species. Um, so you told the egging story. I'm going to on the flip end, we were on the opposite end. Me, my friend Mike, I won't say his last name, my, my friend Andrew. It was mischief night, and we were driving around. We were probably 16. Because I think Mike just got his license, so maybe me and Andrew were 15. And we threw an egg at an old guy walking, and he fell down when oh, we no. hit him. And we felt horrible, so we circled back around, parked the car, and walked over to make sure he was okay. And he was fine, but it made us feel like horrible human beings. One of us threw an egg, knocked him down, and we knocked him down. An old man that was just walking around on Mr. Clint. Wow. That's bad, man. And see, here's the funny thing. Like, you're still not admitting anything bad happening to you. This is another, like, I did something bad story. Well, most of my stories are me doing bad things. Like, not a ton of horrible things have happened. I can't remember anything I bad happening to me on Halloween or Halloween Eve. Not even, like, not even like you went trick-or-treating and somebody put Browns tickets in your trick-or-treat stuff? Like, nothing I do have bad one bad story, but I don't think I could tell it. Ooh. <laughs> okay, my, I'll tell it anyway. <laughs> We had to cut this portion of the podcast due to the fellows being insensitive to the subject matter being discussed. We apologize for lack of opportunity, and I'll probably drop you back into this conversation without a context needed. I don't know if that place was on the up and up. We have our idea for our, uh, our TV show Netflix, that we wind up writing. It's gotta be better than The Ranch. Give us a call. Ooh, shots fired. Alright, guys. I want to end this podcast so Joe can take his kids trick-or-treating. Yes. So thank you guys so much for listening. You know who I am, and you could follow me on Twitter <laughs> at Hoops. You can catch my basketball writing at todaysfastbreak.com. Joe, tell the good people where they could find you. Uh, on Twitter at Joseph Ordon, E-R-D-O-N-E, at Today's Fast Break, break at Today's You, Dad, sorry for breaking your house. Giddly beep boop 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 Happy Halloween. All around me are familiar websites, worn out clickbait, worn out hot takes, bright and early for the daily link dumps, no one's clicking, no one's clicking, their pupils are filling up their pockets, but not for writers. Not for writers. Hide my head, I want to do a slideshow. No tomorrow. No tomorrow. And I find it kind of funny. I find it kind of sad. The internet, in which I'm worthless, is the best I've ever had. I find it hard to tell you. I find it too hot to take When people blog in circles It's a very, very Mad world Mad world